The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about minorities in technology and marketing. Joining us is Calvin Brown, who is a technology architect at Cairo Consulting. Calvin is a tech founder with experience managing global teams and multi-million dollar software and multi-million dollar software deliverables. His software architecture background, coding capabilities, and keen understanding of the entire process of development help inform his mind, but also help him and his organization develop a competitive approach to developing apps for marketers. And today, Calvin and I are going to talk about his experience as a black entrepreneur. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Calvin Brown, technology architect at Cairo Consulting. Calvin, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you as a guest on the show. And I appreciate you reaching out, not only because you're a technologist, but because we get to talk about something that honestly is a little difficult for me to talk to, talking about race and minorities and technology and specifically in marketing. I want to start off on a positive note. You are a success story, period, full stop. You're also a successful Black entrepreneur, which is something that should be discussed and appreciated because I think that we all want there to be more minority representation. And part of that is creating great role models like yourself. So let's talk a little bit about your experience. Tell me how you got into technology and entrepreneurship and marketing. So I'm from a small town in Mississippi called Meridian, Mississippi. And I moved to quote unquote, the big city is Atlanta. That was the limits of my dreams at the time. And so I moved to pursue a career, uh, what I thought was going to be fixing computer hardware. Through that, I met with a relative who wasn't even a close relative who was already doing software for the healthcare industry. I had a couple conversations. They allowed me to intern during the summer unpaid. And through that, I noticed that not only were they successful at what they were doing, it seemed really simple. It was very much like music. They would record or do something once and they would sell it multiple times, which was the draw for me as a 17-year-old kid saying, wow, this is pretty cool. I can do something once and it goes out to many people in the world. And so that was kind of my entry into the tech field, knowing nothing about it, having no particular advantages at all. I literally just took the little bit of information I learned in two months and said, 
hey, this is what I'm going to pursue. Yeah, almost blind ignorance. First off, when you moved to the big city, what happened to Oxford? What happened to Starkville? You're in Mississippi. Isn't that the big city? You had to move all the way to Atlanta? It is. Atlanta's way more supportive in that way. I don't think that I could have found the same community in those cities in Mississippi. I still don't think I could find those. It's the New York of the South, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, fan of Atlanta and budding tech scene there. We've had a fair amount of sponsors from Atlanta specifically. When you were making the move from a small town in Mississippi to a city with a budding technology industry, did you have a sense that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that you had any interest in technology? What was it that interested you in that role and helped you sort of blossom the bud of your creativity and your entrepreneurship? It was really that representation of seeing someone who looked like me, who had a similar background doing it. I had no interest whatsoever in owning a company. And had you explained this to me, my 18-year-old self, like, hey, this is all the stuff you're going to do during the day, I probably would have walked away then. Entrepreneurship is a really tough road to go through. But the option was, was the fact that I saw this working and the things that I had as ideas in my head, I didn't know how they were going to work. So I was like, hey, this seems easier. I always tell the story, particularly among my friend group, that I didn't understand <laughs> nepotism or any of these things before. I just thought like, hey, I'm probably smarter than that guy. He's doing it. I'm sure I could do it. That was literally my motivation. I don't think this person's doing it well. Let me do it. I didn't understand any of the keys to motivation or having a community around. I didn't understand any of those things. I just thought, hey, I'm smarter than that guy. I could probably do it. And so it happened out of necessity. I was contracting and I would do multiple contracts. This is before you can work from home, right? We were using dial-up at the time. And in doing so, my deal was that I would only contract myself for six hours because I would try to go to another contract. And eventually I started billing enough to where I got myself in tax trouble. And I was like, I need to formalize. So there was no aha moment like, hey, you need to start a company and hire these people and let them grow your hair. It was nothing like that. It was all just step after step after step. And then once it grows to a certain point and you're asked to do certain things, you have to scale. You have to have more people. You can't sustain a personal life at all because tech is always on. It's 24 hours a day. There's always something happening. So that was really how I got started. It was really it was just incremental, really just all based on that seed that was planted. I saw someone doing it. I thought it was cool. I was like, hey, maybe I can do it. And here we are. It's 26 years later. So it starts off as a job. You're basically trying to make ends meet and you start to develop some skills and you start to need to outsource. And so things start to formalize. And from the outset, you're from an environment in an area that didn't really provide you a lot of professional training. Did you feel like as you were starting to be successful, as you were starting to sort of find your niche and find your way in the entrepreneurial world, that your background as a black entrepreneur was helping you was it something that was disadvantageous? Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. What did the role of race play in you becoming a successful entrepreneur? I don't think that it was a benefit per se. So the amount of times that I was asked what my parents did, like, hey, your dad in tech, all of that, there's just this unbelievable tone to it. Like, really? Man, you're really good at this. How is this a thing? Like, I've been asked any number of times about Columbia, Harvard, anything in Silicon Valley, name it. Like, you know, those guys, where are you from? Because when you tell people where you're from, they're trying to figure out the path, like, how in the hell is this possible? And that question I don't see with some of my white peers now. I will say that talent plays a huge role. So in Malcolm Gladwell's The Outliers, he speaks about the amount of effort associated with it and timing are really huge with it. I'm really big on effort. I'm really big on quality regardless to who's delivering. So I think those are kind of character traits that you need, but I don't think that it was a leg up. Now, someone may have had some compassion and say, hey, We don't have anyone in this space. They never said that to me. I have been kicked out of any number of projects and things like that. It's like, hey, we're good. I can't always attribute those things and I don't want to, but I do know that the struggle of an entrepreneur is hard regardless. I don't care who's doing it. I think that there's just a little more to it because there's the idea that you have to believe and not me. It's the people we're interacting with that this is even possible and maybe they haven't seen it before. So it has little to do with me and more to do with the people who you're pitching to. Have they seen it before? Do they even feel like it's possible? And so when you're doing collaborative efforts, which most software is, I'm not just building software for the sake of building it. The companies have to believe they have to have seen it before. And with hundreds of products, I still get asked to this day, do you guys know how to do this? Hundreds of products, literally for the world's largest companies up to the top two. And like, you guys know how to do this? I don't think that that's happening. There's more of maybe a trust factor. And I think the trust comes in where there's, they've just seen it before. I've seen it before. I think that is true for both sides. I think for those who'll be listening to this, Black minority tech people, them knowing that it's possible. And also those on the other side who are looking at it from a business perspective. We're here. This is how it's happening. We're doing the way that your bags get on the number one airline in America is because I had the time to take on that project, right? And get scanned in and you get that text notification. That's because I architected that product. So those types of stories have to be told. You know, it's like, oh, wow, okay. It becomes normalized. Just like anything else that we see in society, it becomes normalized. 
thank you for doing a good job on the uh, making sure that your bags get to the right airline or the right airplane specifically. Don't blame me if it doesn't happen. Well, maybe you'll be getting a call here if I... Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, look, it seems like there's two challenges that I'm hearing you talk about. One, there is sort of the psychology of having to break new ground, of not having seen a lot of other entrepreneurs and not having seen other people that are in the industry that you're working with. And two, it's the fact that when you're selling a project in, people might be stereotyping. They might not have looked at someone that physically looks like you and seen them deliver a project that has been delivered. How did you overcome those two specific obstacles? I'm not limited by other people's perception, right? So we all have some level of unconscious bias, right? That's just the way that things work. We were all raised in whatever conditions you were raised in. So we all have some level of unconscious bias. When it comes to overcoming it, I am all about the work. It's like a piece of art on your wall. You either like it or you don't. You know little about the artist if you walk into a gallery, right? And you just see a piece of art. You either like it or you don't. That's how I treat software. Does this fit your need? Is this what you're looking for, right? Does this fit your budget? These are really just checkboxes, right? It's just, hey, does it fit? If you don't want it, then you have a competitor, right? Software is very flexible in that way. I can change the logos out and I can find someone who wants it. So I'm just more stubborn in that way. But I don't think that everybody has that temperament. So I have to be very careful to be the guy with lots of walks in the space. I particularly care to have my hair like this. It has nothing to do with that, but I'm the first one, which is crazy. It's 2021 first one to be in space. It's like, oh man, you know that guy that's like some other guy that had locks. Like, no, I don't know that guy. But as if we have this tribe that we all get together and talk, there's no place where Oprah and Jay-Z hang out and all of this. They share like this wisdom. It doesn't happen. It's just people who were just really determined to do that. But there can't just be one Oprah. I thought the place that Oprah and Jay-Z hang out was called Santa Barbara, but that's another story. <laughs> well, there are other, other, other house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm impressed because I think that you're underselling some of the challenges and, and honestly, the mental load. You mentioned entrepreneurship is challenging for anybody. It's challenging for me. It's, you know, any entrepreneur that I know has been psychologically challenged, but then having to deal with the lack of role models from the environment that you grew up in and some of the sort of implicit or inherent bias that people have makes all of your accomplishments that much more special and that much more noteworthy. And I think that being a role model coming from where you're from, coming from your background is special and something that should be applauded and appreciated. And I want to bring you back again tomorrow. And we're going to talk about some of the things that you're doing to support the community of minorities of black men in technology. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Calvin Brown, technology architect at Cairo Consulting. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Calvin and I are going to talk about the importance of creating space for minorities in technology. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Calvin, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is I am Calvin Brown. That's I-A-M-C-A-L-V-I-N-B-R-O-W-N. Or you can visit his website, which is IamCalvinBrown.com. He's also got an ebook that's the five steps to hiring an app developer, which you can find at IamCalvinBrown.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.